And we're live. It hey, is day four of the Defining Your Legacy event. Like, man, it feels like we just started this, but we've already completed three other days. It does so, feel like you just started. <laughs> I know. So for yesterday, topic was investments. I hope you sat down and did your homework. Hope that you sat down and thought about what are some things that you can possibly invest in, mm -hmm. thinking about which custodian you want to go with, like Schwab, Dash, Acorns, just things along that line. And then, of course, if you have any questions, just feel free to always shoot an email and just be like, hey, I'm like, I don't really know what to invest in. Now, we can't give you specific investment advice because we are not registered representatives. I do not want the SEC knocking at my front door Me either. <laughs> but <laughs> I can give you general information to get you on the path. And we so, can also tell you where to go if you need specific information. Yes, because mm -hmm. we have this knowledge and we just want to give it to you. That yeah. is why we're here. That is our purpose. Mm -hmm. So yeah. today, day four, we're going to be talking about insurance. Probably along the same lines, when people hear about saving and budgeting, they close their ears. They mm -hmm. also close their ears on insurance because they automatically think when we say insurance, we're talking about life insurance. And that's not always the case. There's so many different types of insurance out there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people may feel like they're being taken advantage of. But the key point before I turn it over to Ms. Shakira with insurance, I want you to know is that insurance basically transfers your risk to the insurance company. Because mm -hmm. if you don't have that insurance there, it's going to come out of pocket. So just building up on the past three days of knowledge that we learned. If you don't have the income, you don't have the savings, you haven't budgeted, you don't have the investments. Like no one, let's just say, for example, you were in a car wreck. No one wants to hear that you don't have adequate insurance to cover them because now that's messing up their household income mm -hmm. and then they're going to come after you. So yeah. just something to keep in the back of your mind. I'm mm -hmm. going to turn that over. Yeah. Yeah. So I can talk insurance for hours. So I'm going to spare you guys. <laughs> my insurance uh, passion, and, and I'm just going to keep it short tonight. Um, tonight, we are going to talk a little bit about life insurance, but we're also going to talk about disability insurance, which is something that I feel that most people do not speak about, and it's very, very important. So before we get into that, I just wanted to share my why, because I feel like it's important to know why someone is passionate about something. And insurance is very passionate for me uh, for many reasons. When The first reason is I firsthand saw what the lack of insurance can do to a family's dynamic. And it's not something that you will want to put your family through. Um, when I first became an agent, I applied for a job as a uh, entry-level financial advisor. And as I learned, there's no such thing as an entry-level financial advisor. You either become an advisor or you don't. Um, so I became a life insurance agent. And at first I was like, I don't want to be a life insurance agent. Like they have such a bad salesy rep. But once I started studying for my exam and I started learning the power behind insurance, it hit me like I need to be an agent because I need to educate my community about how important it is to have insurance. See, what often happens is I don't understand where it came from where insurance has a bad rep in the black and brown community. And I feel like things that people try to keep from us are things that we should be wanting to learn more about. So we, we're always like insurance is pushed to the back burner because it's not that important. You don't really need it. But insurance has the power to change a family's trajectory. Like 
when you're living and when the person is gone. So tonight we're gonna talk a little bit about insurance. Um, and I first wanted to start by giving you a definition of what insurance really is. So I feel that's gonna help you connect the dots as well. So insurance is, um, it's, it's a, a value place. It, it, like it, it provides a placement for something that's valuable. And when we think about valuable, like, well, what's valuable for us? Our greatest, uh, our greatest asset is our ability to make income. So insurance is something that we put in place so that we will be able to produce income, whether we're here, if we have a disability, or if we're no longer here with life insurance. So that brings me to disability insurance, because disability insurance is something that a lot of Americans do not have. And, you know, some employers do offer it, some employers don't. You have... Um, was it Affleck? You have different type of companies that give disability insurance policies. And it's very important that everyone that is a parent or a worker at that, you don't even have to be a parent. If you have an income, you need to be able to protect it. And you protect that with disability insurance. Now, when you're going to apply for a disability policy, there are some things you should know. You should know how much of your income they're going to cover because not all disability insurance policies covers 100% of your income. Some cover 60, some cover 50, some cover 70. The, the goal is they don't want to cover 100% because they want you to come back to work. Because if you're covering 100% of my income, I'm always going to be sick. <laughs> You don't have to worry about me coming in. I'm going to yes. stay home. Some policies are even as low as 40% of your yeah. income. So mm -hmm. make sure you read that. Make fine sure you, exactly. Make sure you know that. Also, make sure you know when the payout is coming. So you don't get sick Monday and Tuesday, you have a check. It takes a while. Some insurance companies take 30 days, some take 60. So this is why when um, Catherine and I went over budget and saving, we stress that you should have at least six months of your living expenses in a reserve because in the event that something does happen to you and you have your life, your disability insurance, you need to sustain your family for the one month or two months. And you don't want that stress because when you're sick, the last thing you want to worry about is how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to provide for my family? And this is where disability insurance is so important because it comes in and it for that moment while you get it, while you're getting better. It, it takes care of the rent. It takes care of the groceries. It puts, keeps the light on. It keeps you living. So it's very important that you have that because think about it. When you're sick and you're stressed, you really don't get better. I don't know anyone that's been stressed out and sick and it recovers like this. It takes a while to get better. You also want to make sure that your um, occupation is listed on their insurance policy. And what I mean is that it has to say, if you're disabled from doing your job, we will pay you out. If you could do other jobs and that's not listed, then they'll be like, okay, so you can't you know, answer phones, but you can type on the computer, so we're not going to pay you disability. So you want to make sure that your specific job is going to be covered. Like You have to do that job to get, to get your, um, your money. So those are some things that you need to know when you're looking at disability um, policies. Like I said, it's disability insurance is super important, um, regardless if you have a family or not. If you have an income, you need to protect it. And that's what that's what insurance does. It protects your greatest asset, which is your ability to make money. We all like to make money. I mean, who doesn't like to make money? <laughs> now we're going to talk about life insurance. So life insurance is a big umbrella. And like, it's no one or done or one size fits all with life insurance. Life insurance is so big that most of the time, I understand why people get confused and just tune it out sometimes because they're like, it's so many moving parts to it. There's so many tears to life insurance, but I'm going to break it down as simple as possible. 
there are three types of life insurance. You have your term, you have your permanent, and you have your universal. Now, under those three types, there are, di there are all different variations of that. But to keep it simple for everyone, to not bore people or, or turn you away, I'm going to just give you what they each do. So term is what it is. It's a term. So when I'm working with clients, I explain to them that term insurance is like a rent in an apartment. You rent your apartment for a certain time. You have your, your term for a certain number of years. When the term is over or when your lease is over, you get up and you leave. You don't take anything with you besides your belongings. You don't take the walls with you. You don't take the doors with you. You get up and you leave. You don't get any money back. You get up and you leave. Now, your permanent policy, and, and let's back up. Term can last for a certain amount of years. You have some term policies that are for five years, some that are for 10, 20, 25. The highest, it goes up to 35. And with term, at, the, at a certain age, you are no longer eligible for term because term is to cover up a certain amount of time. Usually, like, when you're prime years, when you have, like, a lot of debt, like if you have a mortgage, you have student loan debt, you have medical debt, you get the term. The term policy is more attractive for those type of things. When you have a, a big family and you want to just cover yourself so that in 30 years when your kids are older, if anything happens to you, they won't be at a disadvantage. So that's term. And term is oftentimes the most affordable because you get it for a cheap rate, a less expensive rate. You can get a huge death benefit for, for pennies, like literally pennies. You could pay like 500 a year for a whole, you know, 500 grand policy and these aren't exact figures just hypothetical so don't don't quote me on on those numbers um another thing with term is that um you can either get a policy that is level which means the same it stays the same amount of money each month for this the term um, amount of years that you picked or you can get a policy that goes up or it, it descends so it's different type of term policies that you can get the second type of insurance life insurance is permanent life, also known as whole life. And that basically lasts you for your entire life. Now, they say statistically, our entire life lasts 121 years old. So kudos to anyone that's living to 121. I know I'm 38 and my knees is cracking. So I don't know what I'm going to be like when I'm 121. So it lasts to 121. So it lasts your entire life. Now, the thing with, with permanent is it's a little bit more expensive. The older you get, the more expensive it becomes. So I always, when I'm working with clients, especially with kids, I always encourage them to take out a policy on their children. Not because I'm wishing any bad omen on them, but because that allows them to lock in insurability at a young age when they're the most healthy that they'll ever be. And it also um, locks in a nice price. And depending on which uh, company you go with, you can get a whole life policy for your child and pay it off in 10 years. And in 10 years, the policy is paid in full. The death benefit is still growing to match them when they get older and the cash value is growing. So back to this permanent life. The thing with permanent life, the reason why it's a little bit more expensive is because it has a cash value component to it. So that is a living benefit. So you get a living benefit and you get a death benefit. So that's what makes um, uh permanent life, so so a little bit more expensive than term because you're getting cash back. And how that cash value works is, it's similar to a home. You have equity in a home. So over the years, you pay into the policy um, dividends. We spoke about dividends yesterday. Dividends are reinvested back into that policy, and that is what accounts for your cash value. Now, the third type of insurance is your universal life insurance. So universal life insurance is similar to permanent, the only thing is that their um, 
they some they they replicate the interest rate it, to them to earn interest is similar. Well, I don't know similar, but it replicates the S and P five hundred. So it's it's not in the stock market depending on which which kind you get, but it's sim it, it copies the stock market. So if the S and P five hundred is giving you seven percent, you would get seven percent interest on your um, cash value part of it. So those are the three type of life insurance that is out there. Now, when it comes to building your policy, you can customize your policy with what they call our riders. And this is something that changed the game for me when um, when I became an agent and I started um, studying for it. I learned that riders, you can add riders to your policy to give you extra insurance. I call it insurance for insurance. So for instance, you could add a, a rider that in case you become disabled, your policy stays in force. So that means if you're disabled and you can't pay your policy no more, it doesn't lapse. You can add a rider on your policy so that if you were to become sick and you need to pay for nursing care, you can take money from your death benefit to help pay for your nursing care expenses. Because nursing care expenses are very, very expensive. You're looking at like, I think it's like 10000 or 12000 a month. Um, Catherine, I know you have to do, it's bigger? Minimal. Yeah, minimal. That's in the state, right? The state program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you so that that's another writer you can add. Then you have other writers that you can play with. You can add to customize your policy um, so that you can take income from it because life insurance is another way that you can help supplement your income and in retirement. So these are things that you can add to your policy. Now, everyone's like, well, who needs life insurance? And the easy answer is every single person needs life insurance. But what if I don't have kids? You still have bills to pay. Like you still have, um, you're still leaving behind something that you don't want your families to have to worry about it. So um, when I say everyone, I mean men, women, children, they even have um, employers even get insurance on their key employees. Like, so that if, they're, if the key employee was to pass away, the business will still be able to operate without them. Um, banks use life insurance. Like banks, that's like their biggest asset is, is they put a lot of their money into life insurance because it's a tax shelter. It's something that's going to, the, the money that you get from life insurance is, is um, tax free. So you're not getting taxed on it. So if you, for chance, was to leave your kids a million dollars, they get a million dollars. They don't get a million dollars times, you know, minus the tax. They get a million dollars. So insurance is something that is big. And most people seem to like, downplay a little bit, but it has the power to change a family's dynamic. So like yesterday, we mentioned the 2050 by year 2050, um, the net worth for black median um, households would be zero. And most of that, like Catherine um, mentioned, was because of a lack of inheritance. So here we have life insurance, which allows you to pass down a legacy to your children, to your family. So this is stuff that we need to understand the power behind life insurance. The reason why it's so important that everyone understands why you need it and how to really use it to your advantage. Just getting a policy for the death benefit, that's cute and all. But if you get a policy for your living benefit and your death benefit, now you're really making change. Now you're really defining your legacy. And that's what this whole challenge is about, is to help people understand that, yeah, back in the day, we were taken advantage of, we were um, exploited, but now we have the information, we have the knowledge and we have the resources so that we cannot longer say that, oh, well, we're not making it because we were, we were discriminated against years ago. Yeah, we still have discrimination now, but now we have knowledge. 
We have knowledge and we have resources. So now is the time for us to start thinking about how am I going to build my legacy? How am I going to set my family up so that they will be okay? And for for black for the black community, um, each year it's estimated that we lose three hundred million dollars because of lack of inheritance. So I'm I'm telling you now that insurance is one of those vehicles you can use so you can stop that. You can you can lessen that gap that happens between families where when you die, yeah, a GoFundMe is cute, but that just barely pays for burial costs. It's not cute. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna lie. <laughs> not gonna lie. You know, it, it just it barely pays for burial costs if you can raise all the money. And then what happens if you have children? What happens to them? I mean, emotionally, they're they're already distraught, but imagine emotionally and financially, now your kids have nothing left. That this is these are serious conversations we have to have among each other. And, and I personally saw what the lack of life insurance does because someone in my family didn't have the proper insurance and we lost the house. So it, it's real stuff that if you have the insurance, things like this won't happen. Preach. <laughs> I would just like to add in, like Benjamin Franklin has this old quote that the two things certain in life is death and taxes. Mm -hmm. You pay taxes every year and you know one day you're going to die either you're going to be young or you're going to be old, but you know it's coming. So yeah. I definitely agree that, you know, every person should have some form of life insurance. Mm -hmm. But it's important to know that you just work with a trustworthy rep who's not trying to give you like insurance that you don't even need that doesn't fit your family. Or mm -hmm. if they try, like they just try to give you an astronomical amount of insurance that you don't really need that you can't really afford for your family. So the good thing is that there's insurance out there for everybody. And always I have the um, the deets, <laughs> the details on how life insurance is used for other people. Mm -hmm. So when you OK, let's just say someone famous dies and they have a large estate. We're just talking. Let's just say 10 million. Right. There is a thing called gift taxes. This is this is pretty technical now. Mm -hmm. So when people die, they can gift their they can gift their money through gift taxes. And there's an exclusion amount that you can use like for your lifetime. So people that go above exclusion either for their estate or gift taxes, they have to pay like taxes on that money, like just to Uncle Sam because he always wants his cut. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so that's less money that that family now is inheriting because they have to pay taxes, right? There's a thing called a wealth replacement trust that you can, that, and it's a trust that will buy a life insurance policy on you. And you just put money into it every time it's to pay the, um, pay the uh, premium for the life insurance. Mm -hmm. So then now, you know, the families you've passed, the families done spent out this money on paying taxes. Now the life insurance inside the trust kicks in and now the people get it tax free. So they're back whole now. So it's just little intricacies that's with insurance that people don't think about. Going back to disability insurance, one key thing people, like the number one thing on that policy that you mentioned is your occupation. Because mm -hmm. a lot of companies, like there's an own occupation, O-W-N, mm -hmm. and then any occupation, A-N-Y. And like mm -hmm. she mentioned, that if you have a, any occupation policy, they're like, well, you can still work. Yeah. We're not going to pay you. Mm -hmm. Not to mention 
like how long is your waiting period? Because it may be five, you may have five months before they'll pay. Yeah. And then make it so bad you have to call them after the five months and be like, hey, I'm still disabled. Mm-hmm. And then they give you the check. It doesn't come automatically. You have to tell them. Like, I know insurance gets a bad rep that they don't want to pay out any money. But, you know, at the end of the day, do you want to pay it out of your pocket? Yeah. And that's why it's important that when you pick an agent, you have an agent that is going to give you the real deal. Like it's people that not are not even my clients that come to me is like, I have a question about this because the whole thing with, with whole life is people try to push. You could borrow from your, your, your bank and you don't have to pay it back. Uh, no, you don't, you don't technically, they're not going to come after you and hound you. Some, some companies won't, but the ones that don't, they take it from your death benefit. So those are things that people need to understand. Like, yeah, you can take out a certain amount of money. You could take some companies up to 92%. You could take it. You can't deplete the policy. You could take the money out, but yeah, they're not going to make you sign a promissory note and you, they're going to give you installments. But if you don't pay it back, they're going to deduct it from your death benefit. So oh, yeah. they, they're going to just be like, all right, you don't want to pay it back. And then it, they're still charging you interest on it. So the, the, the best thing I tell people is when they get a whole life policy, and whole life policies get a bad rap sometimes because they're not explained properly. They're they're great vehicles for you to use for um, for you to. I always tell people you use it to purchase more assets. You build up your cash value. You use it. You use it to buy. You borrow from it. You get property. You put it back so that you always have like a family bank, like an economic system where you can always have something to pull from. There are a lot of benefits to having the whole life policy, but I think what happens is people aren't given the full picture of what it is. They're given like the the highlights. They're just throwing out the highlights. And then you you succumb to the highlights and then you find out, all right, there are rules to this and you have to follow the rules or this is what happens. So um, you definitely need someone that's gonna explain it to you properly. And it's gonna teach you about the different ways you can use life insurance because if we, if we go down the line, Walt Disney, nobody wanted to give him money for his amusement park. He took out money from his life insurance policy and he built his park. You have Sam Walton, another one. Walmart is one of the wealthiest. Walmart family is one of the wealthiest families out here. The Rockefellers, another wealthy family. They use their life insurance policy to build their wealth. And then someone that relates to us, Master P. His grandfather left him 10000 He's a multimillionaire. So life insurance has is, is, is good benefits to it. It can, if you use it the correct way and you know everything about it, you could really change your family's dynamic. Definitely. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to pass and then like your family's out doing GoFundMes or standing in the road with a bucket, like trying to collect money to bury you. Like you definitely don't want to leave your family worse off than what you may potentially already be. And then also, like, what if you're the breadwinner of the family? Like, what if you're the person that works in the home and the other, you know, partner, spouse stays home and takes care of the kids? Now, Mm -hmm. what is that? the spouse partner you left behind, what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to go to work. They may not have worked in a long time. So then now that person's spending out money on like daycare and et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so then we get right back into this cycle of like debt. And then it just, like I said, it's just a cycle. It's just, it's just a cycle. And you, and we, we don't want that. It's, it's losing someone is hard enough, but then losing someone and not being able to, to live it's a horrible feeling. And I hear people say, well, 
what am I going to pay this policy? And then if, if I live, what happens? You live. <laughs> you live. That's the best gift possible. So what? You spend $60 a month for 20 years, but you live. And then knowing that your family is going to be okay, that's that helps me sleep. And knowing that if anything was to happen to me, <laughs> I hang around Russians. If anything was to happen to me, my kids are going to have more money than I, than, you know, they're going to have enough money to, to survive, to live. And that's, that's what's important is that not leaving your, your family with these bills, with the uncertainty, with just not being able to, to live is, is just something that we all need to think about. Really. And which there is a guarantee that your life insurance is going to get used unless you're like with term and then it expires but typically you can roll the term over into a whole life policy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you get some transfer of value, but I mean, we pay for car insurance and I haven't been in a wreck, knock on wood. <laughs> I've been driving since I know. I was like, I've been driving since I was 16, but I haven't used my uh, car insurance yet, mm -hmm. but I use it because I know that, you know, if I was to go out here and, and I'm at fault for a wreck or you live in certain states like Georgia, where there's like no, no fault, it's just, well, basically, it's each driver's fault and both insurances are claimed. Even things along that line, you know, that's going to come out of my pocket. Maybe the insurance may be like, we're not going to cover you. Yeah. But that other car is still have to get fixed. So I don't want to put myself in a hole over something mm -hmm. that, you know, it's cheaper to pay the insurance than it is to pay out of pocket. It definitely is. I mean, it's and if you if you get the insurance, the, the key with life insurance is you have to start early. If you start early, you start with a whole life. You can you can uh, take a policy out on a child as early as 14 days. Like that's that's the real hack right there. Starting when they're early, because like I said, it locks in insurability. No matter what happens to them, they're going to be covered. The insurance company is not going to come back in 10 years and say, "Oh, well, your child developed this disease, so we're 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 taking back our policy." No, they're going to cover. They're going to pay that policy out. Um, and even if like let's say the insurance company goes bankrupt. You still are covered. They cover up to a certain amount of money that the, that you still will receive. So it's like it's it's a it's a very safe vehicle for you to use to help you on your way to building wealth. Um, I don't want to sound too cliche about the building wealth thing, but it's really true. Like you can really see examples. I've seen people that made that benefited from life insurance, and and I've seen what happens when you don't have it. And what happens in our community is. We have insurance, we just don't have enough. You know, we have 10, 15, 20,000 policies. What's that gonna do? <laughs> Nothing if you still have like, if you have debt, maybe a mortgage. Mortgage, yeah. If you have medical debt, if you and if you have mortgage, if you have um, private student loans, cause federal loans, student loans, that you know, you don't have to worry about that. But if you have private student loans, that stuff, you your family has to, if they're, if they're attached to the debt, they will come after them. You know, you have to think about that. And when we talk about life insurance, you know, we got to talk about estate planning because that th those two go hand in hand. So you have to make sure that when you get the insurance, when you when you sign up for a policy, your family knows where the policy is at because no one wants to be running around trying to find what policy you had, what company it was with. That stuff should be in a safe space where your power of attorney, because these are the, let's go over the three documents everyone needs. Power of attorney, health proxy, and um, um, what's the third one? Uh, like any durable, springing. 
yeah, well, the three the three documents we need uh, a health proxy, power of attorney, and a will. Definitely will. You're and your trust. So those things, that's where everything you should have everything documented and keep kept in a safe place that your power of attorney knows that when something happens to you, they know exactly how to to get it. Because the life insurance company is not going to call you and say, "Hey, I heard." I heard John Smith pass. Well, let's let's let me send you this million dollar check. No, they hope you don't find them. They hope you don't find it. So you need to have you need somebody in your family, and everyone should have these three documents: the power of attorney, the health proxy, and the will. Everyone needs a will. You need a will, and if you want to get real fancy, you can get a trust to help to add that double protection. But these are things that we need to have in our place. And people need to know where our policy is, what's the amount. You should know if you have term or whole. It's plenty of time to talk to clients and they're like, I don't know. I think it's term. I think it's whole. <laughs> like, I think I have 100 grand. I think I have five. No, you need to know exactly what you have, what company is with. If it's term, when does it end? Because remember, term is not permanent. It's, it has a certain cutoff date. So those are the things that you need to know when it comes down to the life insurance part. I want to add to those documents. Yeah. When you're talking about power of attorney, yeah. like health, make sure you have a durable and springing powers on there. And I'm going to tell you why. Go ahead. Durable. Break it down, Catherine. <laughs> so with durable power of attorneys, that means that let's just say hypothetically someone was in a car wreck. They are, you know, incapacitated right now. If you just have a regular power of attorney, it expires. You can't do anything because that person's incapacitated. Now, if you had a durable power of attorney, you could still make decisions for them, still be the power of attorney. But for people who maybe don't, you know, you may not have that most trustworthy person around you who you want to have durable power of attorney over you, even while you're not incapacitated. Mm -hmm. That's like you can get a springing power. And basically, as the name implies, like as soon as you're incapacitated, that person springs into power. So, you know, mm -hmm. that gives you a little bit more freedom to know that someone that hopefully you have someone trustworthy that's yes. handling your affairs for you while you're you're unable to make them for yourself. And you can get that for power of attorney and for any of your medical directives. Yes. And then a living will also is very good, especially like if you're a person who doesn't want to be on a breathing machine, like you don't want to do that. Put that in a living will because you don't want to end up in situations where I've seen over the years people are on breathing machines for 10 years plus going through having court case after court case because they don't want to, you know, take them off. And, you know, it's your family feuding with each other because at the end of the day, it's going to, it's going to be fam Someone is going to be upset either way. So yeah. that's why I would bring in another thing about a will. Mm -hmm. Wills can be contested. So that's why trust are better if you have a little bit more wealth. Mm -hmm. I would recommend a trust mm -hmm. because all it takes is one first cousin twice removed who feels like that y'all took advantage of grandma before she passed to come up with an attorney talking about we're dissenting against this will. And now we're locked up for two years. Can't touch mm -hmm. any of these assets in the court because a will has to go through probate. It has mm -hmm. to go through the court. Very good point. I'm glad you, you brought that up. This is a very good point. So, yeah. So these are things that we when we talk about life insurance, we have to talk about we have to include estate planning in there. And I hear people say, well, I don't have like, yeah, maybe not today. You don't have anything. But who's just talking about today? I'm talking about the future. Like you even if you even if you die with just the rent, the apartment that you rent, 
you still need to have plans for the people to know what to do with you. Like Captain said, if your wish is that you don't want to be on a machine and they keep you a machine. Let's I will bring up about this. Make make sure your documents are titled correctly. And I'm going to tell you why. There's a little trifecta thing with life insurance is when the beneficiary, the um, owner of the policy and the insured is three different people. This is one of the few times that life insurance can be taxed because it's basically like the owner gave a gift to this other person. Like the insured basically was the owner of the policy and they gave it away to someone else. So now they're technically the owner of the policy. So now it's three different people, the owner, the insured, the beneficiary. So when that, so when the insured passes, it's kind of like this person gave a gift to the beneficiary. So now the life insurance becomes a taxable gift to the owner, the new owner of the policy. So just little intricacies like that with titling, even as much as like your home, yeah. like just anything title, because like depending on your state, like community, like we can talk about this for hours, but yeah, I'm just going to say, we can do this for hours. <laughs> about to say high level overview. You have, you have community property states and you have common law states, Alabama common law. We don't we don't do that here. Basically, in like community property states like California, Texas, Arizona, you know, the main ones we talk about, anything the spouses have together is 50 50. End of the day, even like there there is separate property, but typically it's 50 50. Each um, the state considers that the spouses had equal share in getting this item. So like a house and stuff. So community property has to go through probate and it will go usually to their surviving spouse. But common law states, we have different intricacies that we can do. There's like joint tenancy, joint tenancy with rights of survivorship. Like there's just different things that we can do that may not be present in community property states. So the reason why I'm bringing this up mm -hmm. is because with certain ways how you title documents, they don't have to go through probate. Even if you share 50% with someone and you're in a common law state, your share doesn't have to go to them. You can leave it to somebody else and they can't do anything about it because that's just how the document is titled. So yeah, just something to think about. Also, I'll bring up a good example, like divorce proceedings, who name is on the house, <laughs> who name is on the car, things along that nature because the police that's what the police are going to ask be like well who name is it in it's yep, in my, mm -hmm. it's mine yeah they don't care who makes the payments mm -hmm. whose name is it in yep. so just something to keep about keep in the back of your head when you're thinking about possibly doing estate planning like who do you want to leave your stuff to mm -hmm. just documents are titled and then also if there are any accounts that can have a beneficiary please put them on there because then you do not have to go through probate. Usually if there's a beneficiary listed on the account, like life insurance, if you don't put, if you don't put anyone as a beneficiary on there, it'll go through your estate. And if you can avoid. And, yes. And the beneficiary needs to be 18 years. It's easier when they're 18 years or older because they're not going to give a two year old or a four year old your your um your policy so that's where the trust also comes into place because you can create a trust and and have your child under that trust and leave the the 
the policy to, to the trust, like Catherine was explaining earlier. So it's very, very important. And the best thing about a trust is that you can put a trustee over it. Some please put someone reliable <laughs> over the trust. Yes. That's the only thing I ask. If you make a trust, please put someone reliable over it. You can even put a bank as the trustee or I wouldn't put, you know, a cousin who maybe doesn't have the best history with money over it. It's just, you know, exercise common sense when you're doing these things. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So homework for tonight. Homework. Yes. Homework for tonight is if you have a life insurance policy, I want you to look at it, pull it up. You should have easy access to it. You should know your death benefit. You should know what type of insurance you have. You should also know if your beneficiaries is listed. If not, you need to go contact your agent and have that updated. Start thinking about these documents we spoke about, the living will trust, the health proxy, the power of attorney. Those are things that you need because you never know what may happen and when someone has to make decisions for you. Also, go ahead, Catherine. I was going to say, also, if you're keeping these documents on paper in your house, please get a flame resistant box right. to put them in with a lock and key. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a good point. Very good. Um, also, for as far as disability insurance, start thinking about that. If you know, start thinking about, you know, what will happen if I cannot work? You know, what what will happen to my family if tomorrow I wake up and I, my foot is broken and I can't get to work or I broke my arm and I can't type at my job. Think about those type of things for you so that you would have a plan in place. Um, we're forward thinking, you know, right now, I know sometimes we live a lot in the present and that's good. You should live in the present, but you should also have an idea of what you want to do for the future because the future is going to be here um, and you want to be prepared. Is that's what happens most of the times we get so consumed and what's happening now that we forget to prepare for the future. And, and we want it, we want to cut that, cut that part out. We want to make sure that we know what's happening in the future and we're prepared for what's going to come as much as we can, because you can't predict the future, but if you are prepared, you can mitigate some of the, the, the hoops and hurdles that life throws your way. Right. And then when you're thinking about the disability insurance, think about only living on 40 to 40, 50, or 60% of your income. Most policies will, won't go above 60. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. if you're already the person who's maybe not the best, you know, you don't really have the six months of expenses and saved up, like just things to think about. If you're like in a, like a heavy machinery industry, typically your employer will offer some type of disability mm -hmm. So that's another thing I'll add to the homework. Check with your employer. See, do they offer any policies? And then you can always take those quotes. Typically, it's cheaper, especially if it's like a larger company. Yeah, when it's a group policy, is always going to be more affordable. Always. And then less underwriting also. Mm -hmm. So yes. that's the key, key part. But um, yeah, check with your employer. And then you can always take those quotes and then go find an independent agent. And, you know, they would love to run quotes for it. Look, I have one right beside me <laughs> who will run quotes for you to make I'll sure run them quotes. That, you're getting, that you're getting the best deal possible. Yes, 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 yes. Very, very, very important. So, yeah. So this is tonight. I hope you guys learned something. I hope um, you understand the importance of insurance. You understand the different ways you can use it to help you build wealth. Um, to pass down a legacy to your family, because that's at the end, that's what it's all about. We all want better 
for, for the next generation. I know that that's my driving force behind everything I do because I want better for my children. Um, so that that's what keeps me going. That's my why. And I'm passionate about educating my community because I've seen firsthand what the lack of insurance can do for you. And it's, it's not a pretty picture. Losing your home is not cute at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have any wise words. You covered it all. <laughs> you always have wise words. <laughs> Get your documents in order. <laughs> yes. And a flame resistant box, please. Because yes. yes. the last thing you want is to, you know, lose everything in a fire. And, you know, luckily fires are covered under most home insurance policies. So that's okay. Uh, Fun fact, flooding is not just for people to know. But last thing you want is to lose all these documents. And now you have no documentation to be able to provide to the people so that they can get you your money. That's the last thing you want. They will make you jump. They will make you do flips, jump in. It's an Olympic sport. It is. Yes. You don't want that. You want to be able to grieve. You want to be able to grieve in peace. Or yes. if you're not if disability, you want to be able to focus on getting better. So that's the whole thing is that we want yes. to lessen some of that burden that we that we um we have sometimes at times. Mm-hmm. I forgot one thing actually. I took it back. <laughs> there are for disability. Pay attention also when you look at your policy. There's going to be short-term or long-term yeah. disability. Good point. I forgot about that yes. one. They will try. So you would think that you have, you will have short-term disability and it only pays to a certain point and then you cut off. But if you have an injury that's lasting longer than that, what are you going to do? Like, so hopefully you have a long-term disability to cover that. So definitely, you know, just think about what industry you're in check into your employer, see if they offer any disability policies, if not, or life insurance also, because mm-hmm. if you can get it through group, it is typically way cheaper than what you can do. Mm-hmm. But one thing about group life insurance, if you're an employer, when you leave that employer, you don't take your life insurance with you. And if you do, you don't get it at that rate. So it's mm-hmm. always good to have a supplement uh, pro, uh, policy because right now your your group life insurance may be $17 a month. I had a client like this. It was cheap. And when he left, it went up to, because he's a little bit older, of course, it went up to a thousand a month. So the premium will jump depending on your age. And, and, you know, you don't get that group benefit anymore. Yeah. It's similar to like Cobra for health insurance. Like once you leave, they can charge you like 102% more than what your premium was. So that's why it's really not beneficial to have COBRA, you might as well just go get your own policy at that point. But it's good for if you need to buy time to get a policy. Yes. And I just got a message. I cannot forget to promote my book. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so I wrote a book. It's on Amazon. It's called The Four-Step Guide to Building Your Financial Foundation. Um, it is an Amazon bestseller right now. So just if you guys need, just let me know. Can you tell us the name one more time? The four-step guide to building your financial foundation. So it goes over it. It has a good section on um, insurance because that's very important in that foundation. One second. I have nails, so I can't type that. (laughs) Oh, yes. And also, uh, Miss Shakira is doing, I put that. Yes. 
There you go. Also, you are hosting an event on the 27th. We did not yes. talk about Yes, and you too. So we'll do mine and we'll talk about yours. Okay. So my event on Sunday is my first ever family legacy planning menu. So I'm getting my family together and we're going over financial planning. I'm teaching them about credit because like Catherine and I said, we want that 740 score. We don't want no 680s. We don't know where that came from. Kick that out the bud. We want 740 or better. And then I'm teamed up with my two older cousins who are realtors in Florida. And we're, they're going to cover how to build wealth through real estate. So this is something that I encourage every family to do. Having these family legacy planning when you're talking about money. And I know money is taboo in our community, but it has to stop because that's the only way we're going to grow. You know, I always say what's better than one millionaire, a family full of millionaires. So you just can't, you just can't get there without without um you without your family with you is you're you're stronger in numbers so this is why i'm having my family legacy planning meeting i encourage everyone that's what tuning in to get your family together not, not everybody in your family you could put on this meeting you find the ones that <laughs> that you trust and you know are going to be responsible and you have them join you on the meeting and then you just start talking i mean imagine if everyone puts their money together and you you buy a plot of land and you build houses on it and now you guys have land. Isn't that dope? <laughs> yes. Oh, my, man, mine's jumped off. How sad. All right. Go ahead with yours, Catherine, because you got one coming up, too. Yes, right. So immediately after on not to, I put May. These are supposed to be March. I March, yeah. I'll take these off. I apologize. They're supposed to be March. So so March 27th, Shakira is having her How to Build Wealth Through Real Estate with her twin real estate cousins. On March 28th, I am having a DIY beginner friendly investing. Um, it's going to be just a nice little interactive um, PowerPoint where I'm going to break down how, like, how to start investing. Do you need a final financial advisor, or can you do um, DIY, do it yourself, mm -hmm. which typically you can. You typically do not need a financial advisor until you start accumulating some assets, or uh, we have a client that, you know, they were in a car wreck, they got a settlement, and so now they're telling us to invest this money for them and compound it. Mm -hmm. Things along that line. But if you're typically starting out paying off debt, Along those things, solo investing is typically going to be better for you because there's a lot of financial advisors out here. If you can't hand them a blank check, they're not even going to look at you or acknowledge your presence. Mm -hmm. So definitely going to show you. Um, oh, also we'll talk about how to spot financial scams, how to spot fake financial advisors, because there's no there's really no regulation in the industry. Someone could just wake up tomorrow and decide that they're going to call themselves a financial advisor. But I'll. I'll get all into the nitty gritty in my uh, little webinar. So to sign up, it's on my page. I'll share it again so people can see it. But yes, I mean, we're out here giving away stuff for free. <laughs> so, so make sure y'all come. <laughs> yeah, and make sure you guys execute. Like that's key. Like you could get a bunch of information, but if you don't move on it, and start small. Don't feel like you got to do everything at one time, but start small. Commit to doing one thing. If Monday you're going to commit to researching um, 
more income, then that's what you do Monday. If Wednesday you're going to start looking at your budget, you do it Wednesday. You know, if you got to take baby steps, the, the goal is to get it get it done. Don't get overloaded, but don't not do anything. You know, that, that you got to find that happy medium balance here. Yep, I found my last word now. Yes. Yay! Because <laughs> <laughs> we're about to let y'all go. We know y'all have responsibilities. Yes. But a goal without a plan is just a dream. Remember that. Wise words. Yep. All right. Well, that that's we're all. signing off. Yep, we are signing off. Tomorrow will be the last day. I am sad because this week has been so much fun. We got to do it again. We got to do a part two. Yeah, <laughs> maybe November for Financial Planning Month. We may yes. come back to get join forces again. Yeah, but we got one more day tomorrow, so make sure y'all come out at seven Eastern. That is six Central. We will see you there. Bye.